There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. But what about us? Memories. You're talking about memories. Good, now have a drink. I don't want anything of his or any part of him. Except his life. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you want Played it for her, played it for me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Waiting for a lady. Someday you'll understand that. Got some news that's gonna take a lot of attention off you and Laura. Stop it, Dix. I can't take any more of it. I should be in uniform. You know the story? My story. Maybe because he was drunk. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Well, I'll give her the message. But there is sleep all over America. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we will deliver a discussion and analysis of classic and neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. If you say something funny, ah! or we have this. <laughs> That's like the noise that was on Diagnosis Murder this morning on the quiz show. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was that one where he's doing the quiz show and people and people keep dying on it. And then right, Mark like, wins a million pounds and just gives it to the hospital. <laughs> he doesn't need the money. He's just here to solve a murder. All right. Ready to get started? Yeah. I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> How long has it been since we recorded last? I can't even remember now. It's been, um, we're still in a pandemic, so there's that. <laughs> I don't think much has changed. Not really. <laughs> Except we can go to the pub. Can you go to the pub? No. Uh-uh. No. Oh, you're not. Still closed. Oh, we can go to the pub because COVID doesn't exist in the pub. So. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, stay safe. So I wouldn't go to the pub if I was you, but if you, no. if you need to, I guess. I, I don't. I don't really like it. I went once. It wasn't yeah. a fan. So it, you guys have to uh, wear masks, or um, it's weird. We're supposed to wear masks, but we don't have to wear masks. But we could get fined if we mm. don't wear masks. But there's no one around to find <laughs> as if fine as if we don't wear masks. So I guess it's up to us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wear a mask wherever I go because I don't know. <laughs> I, I, w- I would wear one just to not get fined. Yeah. I mean, I would wear one anyways, but... It's really weird because at work, all the, the customers are supposed to... Well, I, I think the customers are supposed to wear a mask, but they don't have to wear a mask and we don't have to challenge them if they don't want to wear a mask because they're supposed to wear a mask, but they don't have to wear a mask or whatever the rule is. But we don't have to wear one. So <laughs> that's kind of weird. Yeah, I think uh, I think people out here are just worried about getting shot if they can test somebody not wearing a mask. Oh my God. And I would be too scared to go anywhere in America. Like I wouldn't tell anybody off. What if they got a gun? Right. <laughs> America is a crazy place right now. I saw a picture on Facebook where your sky was like red. I didn't know if that was real or just a Facebook lie. No, it was real. Um, so that was just last week. Um, we, we woke up in the morning and it was still dark out. Um, which, you know, most of the time it is cause we wake up early, but um, I, I woke up a little later, like around seven o'clock and it was still dark and I was like really odd. And I was like, Oh, I guess maybe, uh, we're supposed to set the clocks back or something and forgot about it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I slept through another one. Which is weird, right? 
Yeah. You guys don't have that out there, right? You don't you don't do the daylight savings time, right? Um we do ch- we do turn the clocks back and forward. Oh you do? Okay. Yeah, no, but I thought it was I, just an American thing. Yeah, I don't know why. So that's what I thought it was at first, but you know, it, it obviously wasn't the time to do that. And I went outside and it was the sun is out, but the sky was so covered in, you know, smoke. Um the the entire sky was just red and uh orange and it was really dark outside and it stayed that way all day wow um, it was just it was dark it was like it, it perpetually for the whole entire day it was like seven o'clock in the morning um you know it just seemed like the sun was just just rising for the entire day that's weird um and for the past couple of weeks yeah past couple of weeks have been ash falling all over everything like everything's covered in ash it's like uh being in a cross between silent hill and the the new blade runner movie <laughs> <laughs> All the smoke and fog, but um, yeah, it's pretty eerie and crazy. And a lot of stories coming out, uh, you know, about the fires, and you know, um, it's just wow, it's just amazing, um, scary. But uh, we're not near really any of the fires, so we're we're okay where we're at in the Bay Area. Um, but there are there, there's some you know around us, but nowhere near where we live or anything. <laughs> understand how you lot live day to day because i'd just be constantly in my house like afraid to leave in case something set on fire or somebody got shot or something it's all going off yeah i mean uh you know honestly i don't, I don't really leave too often but um <laughs> you know i'm, I'm i kind of like <laughs> i kind of like keep it to myself anyway but but yeah i mean i can you know i don't know we don't we don't live in like a sense of fear or anything but i mean there is that crap that's you know, it's always going to be that way, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you get used to it. It's so weird. <laughs> Isn't that awful? You have to worry about spontaneously bursting into flames and we have to worry about <laughs> drowning. Because it, it rains there a lot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to worry about sinking. You have to worry about, like, being a volcano. <laughs> and earthquakes. And but, earthquakes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bloody hell, I get scared when the lightning's too strong. <laughs> Bloody hell, we haven't seen lightning in 20 years, so it must be happening. <laughs> well, that's what started all this, man. The We had like this weird, the weather was really weird a few weeks ago. Um, and we had this really bad lightning and thunderstorm. And I guess there was like hundreds of lightning strikes that were, were hitting like foresty areas and caused a bunch of fires. And then... A couple of weeks later, somebody does this gender reveal party with pyrotechnics and lights a mountain on fire or something. It's like, oh, it's insanity. I heard that. I didn't think that was real. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, yeah, that's what they're saying, like, caused a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big fires. Yeah. Oh, my God. You wouldn't want to be that person, would you? No, no. I mean, a lot of a lot of 2020 feels like, you know, un, unreal, like Donald Trump. Like, it just, there's so much stuff that's like what did he really say that and then that's what it feels like for 2020 it's like did that really happen fire tornadoes (laughs) there's another example like what (laughs) that's a thing that's like a sci-fi channel movie (laughs) i saw this thing on facebook and it's literally like captain picard like waking up every day on 2020 damage report what weird shit's gone on now (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect See if I can find it. That is that is it. Oh yeah, we gotta <laughs> gotta post that. It's so funny. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. I mean, there, you know, it it. <laughs> I it's like being on the, the Enterprise, news, just rolling into a different episode. <laughs> 
Except there's no yep. Captain I'm Picard. I'm not wearing a red able... shirt. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it's like a it's like a elongated episode with Q in it. God, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so how's it feel to be back? Second season of Speakeasy Noricast. Are you excited? I am excited. I've enjoyed watching the films again to be fair because i got out the habit of just going to work and coming home and not watching films or anything yeah now you're forced to watch things you don't want to watch and uh yeah, no well, i enjoyed watching 50 percent of the films <laughs> i'll rephrase that <laughs> <laughs> that's good we can have some contrasting ideas here i'm sure we're gonna have some today um yeah i mean i'm i i didn't know how much i missed watching the movie because i haven't watched uh, a noir since we finished doing uh, the season ending for Chinatown and Two Jakes. Those were the last ones I watched. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, starting back up was was pretty exciting to me. I've enjoyed it so far, um, even the ones that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I was uh, I was I was pretty excited to get back to this. It's uh, it's been a little little bit, and uh, we got a lot of good films coming up this season. Um, hopefully, uh, our audience uh enjoys what we uh what we either love or hate <laughs> whatever it is that we we talk about and talk shit about <laughs> <laughs> well or maybe they'll be trapped in the houses again so they'll have no option but to listen to us either way right right maybe but our, we've got sound our effects lessons will go up yeah oh yeah oh here we go sound effects uh-oh i thought you were just going do 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 um (laughs) yeah so um yeah uh, before we get into today's movie uh gosh did i miss this i missed this This is my favorite part (laughs) hopefully people at home are following along and maybe trying some of this stuff i don't know i certainly have um you know opened up my palate to new uh to new drinks i don't know if you have carly but uh, i've been trying some of these things over uh our hiatus and uh yeah i've become a, a frequent uh flyer at the alcohol store <laughs> <laughs> i don't hey do you know what it's bad when the person that owns the alcohol store asks you if you can pick up their order from the place that you work at because they are that <laughs> familiar with you bear in mind if you don't have a uniform on that not only have they gone, oh, that's, that's a place I've never known about. I think I'll have a look on their website. Then ordered it and then asked right. us to collect it for them because they know that we will be in. <laughs> that happened yesterday. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. That's good service. <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, we are going to have something today called the Paralyzer. Oh, <laughs> I love the name of it. I don't know why. I like it sounds that. Sounds like you drink this and you're just gonna be, you're gonna be on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're done. It's actually not so bad though. It, it sounds like a very sweet drink though, and it's not a whole lot of alcohol or anything. But um, so the Paralyzer is one ounce of vodka, one ounce of coffee liqueur, two ounces of milk or cream. Four ounces of cola, ice, and a cocktail cherry. Only one. Oh. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and this sounds like a milkshake. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't sound like... It doesn't... It sounds like a John claude Van Damme film when you say, The Paralyzer. <laughs> and then they make it. It's like five <laughs> right. bits of vodka and a cherry. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like a like a ice cream shop drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to make this, um, you add ice to our favorite glass, a highball glass, then add vodka, coffee-flavored liqueur, then the cola. Stir gently, add the milk or cream to the top, then garnish with a cocktail cherry and serve. It sounds great. I'm going to have to try this. But I don't like vodka, milk, or cherry. You don't, how do you not like cherries? I like oh my cherries. God. I put a strawberry in there instead. Really? That's weird. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. You don't like cherry. You learn something new every day. But there you go, folks. That's the uh, that's the paralyzer. That's the first drink of our season two. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Sounds good to me. Carly obviously is not going to be enjoying it, or she's going to be subbing out a lot of things for probably Jen. <laughs> yeah, I'll just make a whole different <laughs> drink and call it that. <laughs> <laughs> the Carly paralyzer. <laughs> <laughs> Paralyze. <laughs> So there you go, guys, the Paralyzer. Why don't you guys uh, make your drink and, uh, you know, drink along with us as we uh, discuss our film today. Today's film is uh, called Laura, and Laura is a 1944 film, um, and it's produced and directed by Otto Preminger. (laughs) Preminger. Preminger. Preminger, <laughs> help me out. <laughs> Otto, Otto, dude, Otto made this movie. <laughs> Maybe it's Odo. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Oh. So you didn't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Laura, 1944 American film noir. <laughs> Uh, directed by Otto um, <laughs> Directed by Guy <laughs> Here's the trailer for Laura <laughs> Yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> That's alright, it doesn't matter <laughs> favorite crime. I write about it regularly. And I know you'll have to visit everyone on your list of suspects. I'd like to study their reactions. You're on the list yourself, you know. Good. To have overlooked me would have been a pointed insult. What is your relationship with Mr. Carpenter? What do you mean? An acquaintance? Friend? Are you in love with him? This is beginning to assume fabulous aspects. Oh, shut up. He's been fired lately. Yes, he killed some rabbits with it. When? Oh, a while back. I don't know exactly. After that, you I... You ate a lonely dinner, then got into the tub to read. Why did you write it down? Afraid you'd forget it? I've hardly slept a wink since it happened. Is that a sign of guilt or innocence, McPherson?
So that was the trailer for uh, Laura, the 1944 film noir, produced and directed by a man named Otto <laughs> Reminger, I think. <laughs> oh, God. It stars Gene Tierney, uh, Dana Andrews, and Clifton Webb. Along and with Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Yeah, I was very surprised to see him in this. And uh, Judith Anderson. The screenplay was by Jay Dratler, Samuel Hoffenstein, and Betty Reinhardt. Uh, and is based on a 1943 novel uh, called Laura by Vera Caspery. Caspery? He went very Kasperi. posh then. Vera Caspery. <laughs> Vera Caspery. Were you just <laughs> trying to skip letters? <laughs> <laughs> And before we get into discussing this film, uh, Carly, why don't you give us your super famous in a nutshell um, synopsis? I, I've missed this. We haven't done this in forever, it feels like. And every time I watch a movie now, I'm like, hey, I want to call Carly and I want her to give me a synopsis of this film before I watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Carly, without any further blabber, give us your synopsis. I'll just say first, if I did do that, you wouldn't watch any films for the podcast because you'd be like, oh, that sounds <laughs> utter rubbish. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I'm a bit rusty, so this one might not be as, as good. But, uh, That's right. Okay. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. A police detective randomly falls in love, that's got air quotes with it, with the portrait of a dead woman who then rocks up a few days later right as rain, creating a whole new murder investigation. Nice. I like that. Yeah, because it is new. It is. It completely, yeah, it flips it. It flips the the entire movie on its head. I think that's great. I think that's a good synopsis. Yeah, you're not rusty at all. I'm really sad that that (laughs) nobody could see me do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you take a picture of yourself. Just do it air quotes. Grab <laughs> Lily and then we'll post it on the page. <laughs> do the air quotes and I'll put like the title of Laura right in between your fingers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm dead professional. Right, <laughs> With echoes. <that. laughs> and uh, I'd never heard of this film. Um, and I was very surprised by it. Uh, and I'm also surprised to know that it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Um, and it also was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Um, and I think rightly so. <clears throat> um, I really enjoyed this movie and I wasn't ready for that plot twist. I was so surprised that I was like, I'm watching this movie and I think I've got it figured out. I'm like, oh, that's the killer. Well, maybe that's the killer. It kind of reminded me of um, uh, Green for Danger. Oh, <laughs> where, okay. Where they did a, a, a great job setting up like everybody is the bad guy, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and that's kind of how I went through this movie was like, oh, oh, it's got to be that person. It's got to be the ant. It's got to be, maybe it's the cop. <laughs> I even got to that point. I'm like this guy who didn't even know the woman. Like, oh, right. It's the cop. Yeah. That the only problem I had with this film was that it's like it's painted as as him 
fall, he's fallen in love with a portrait and everything that I saw about it beforehand was like, oh, a detective falls in love with a dead woman and tries to solve a murder. How did he fall in love with her by seeing a picture twice? Well, you know, I wouldn't put that past any man, but um, that was one of the... And then when he shows up, he's like, oh, 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 I'm not bothered. Oh, let's go find a murderer. (laughs) I thought you were falling in love with her, pal. Ended pretty fast. Yeah, I do think that was probably one of the flaws of the movie was, was that sort of storyline. I could, I could have, it could have, they could have pulled that out altogether and it would have been fine or they needed to beef it up a little bit more. Like I can get the idea of spending so much time and seeing the portrait and sort of falling in love with the idea of that person or whatever after hearing stories. And I mean, he, you know, they, he did delve into her love life. He did, read all these letters and her diary and all these things and met all the people that were around her. That was a bit um, embarrassing so I kind of came got back, that. wasn't it? Like, oh, you've been in my diary, have you? Yeah. That relationship's <laughs> gone right out the window. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's just part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I can, I can get that, but I think that they needed to beef that up a little bit more because I didn't feel like he actually was falling in love with her. It just that – uh Lidecker kept saying it that's all <laughs> you know what I mean like I just felt like he just kept saying it to push his buttons and he wasn't actually falling in love with her because he didn't really express any of those emotions per se yeah um, I I like so that, the actual yeah, idea right. of if he was falling in love with the picture and it's that kind of getting in his head and I was waiting for that and then mm-hmm. it kind of changed pace and completely sort of, and then that twist came and then it that bit sort of stopped and I was a little bit disappointed yeah I would have liked to have seen him sort of like longering, yeah. longing and crying into a glass while a portrait looms. But no. <laughs> I love it. And I agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. I, I think that that was, that was I, I didn't mind the idea behind it, but they could have done that a little bit better. Yeah, we're going to do that. That's um, our next film. <laughs> it's just going to be you sat in a room <laughs> crying with a painting behind you that he's going to do. <laughs> Well, we can do sort of like a Dorian Gray story, except for, you know, it doesn't make the person younger or stay young. It, it, whoever looks at the the painting instantly falls in love with this person that's dead. <laughs> and just stays in the room, <laughs> pining for them. Right, right. <laughs> Until they just die because they, they don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's, that's next week, sorted. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I was surprised to see Vincent Price show up. Um, you know, obviously he's synonymous with horror films. Um, but, uh, that was, that was a great little surprise. I didn't, I didn't research the film before I watched it. I I try not to do that these days. Um, just to sort of, especially if it's something I haven't seen yet, I want to be able to approach it with sort of fresh eyes and not know much about it and then kind of go in and research it afterwards so I can formulate my own uneducated opinion, I guess. <laughs> um, and I'm glad I did because I had no idea he was going to be in this. Um, and there's actually another, um, well, I won't get into that right now, but there was, there is another movie that is on our list this season that had a, a, a pretty big cameo <laughs> that surprised the hell out of me too. But, uh, yeah, it was great to see Vincent Price in this. And, um, I thought that the, uh, the cast as a whole was was pretty solid. Um, 
Yeah, I quite like. I, I enjoyed everybody in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I was surprised with um, the was it Dana Andrews that played the cop? Yeah. Yeah, he. Um, I I I don't know that I've I don't recall seeing him in anything else, but See, I really liked him. I liked familiar to me, but I didn't know if he was just he just had that look of like a gritty fifties detective where I'm getting him interchangeable with other people. But I quite liked him, but I couldn't yeah, really and, place him in anything else. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's because he has that look, like he has that to a T. Like like if you were gonna draw a a fifties detective. Like his face is what you would draw, kind of thing. Um, he he he's to a T like that that character. Um, so I thought it was perfectly cast for that. And and the thing that really surprised me, and I don't know if you drew any of these same conclusions, but as I'm watching it, there's a lot of um, Columbo in him, <laughs> which I found kind of fascinating. He's obviously a different person. He's a little more straightforward and you know, matter of fact, but he has all these little character things that he does that I loved. Um, like the little baseball um, game that he's always playing to like sort of calm his nerves or whatever. I, I loved that idea. Um, the He does show up with like a, a paper bag, which is a signature Columbo thing. Um, and just different things like that. It just, I was able to draw like a lot of conclusions or not conclusions, but similarities between his character and, and Columbo, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And he's a very dog detective. He didn't let this go. He could have let it go at any point and we don't know who it is or it's this person or whatever it is, but he just, he kept pushing as in, in, you know, in instances where maybe another detective probably would just let it go. Okay. The radio well, is broke. Was in love you know? with the picture Why would by I go then? check it out? Was in love with the picture by then, mm-hmm. wasn't he? I quite like that he kept him um, like, He'd get halfway through a story, make it look like he was interested in what they've been doing. And then as soon as he found out the information, then they tried to carry on. He was like, I'm not bothered. <laughs> yeah. He did that a couple of times. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It was, it was pretty hilarious because he's like, he would call somebody over somewhere to like interview them. They'd get there and he'd be like, ah, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Didn't you want to talk to me? He's like, oh yeah, um, Sure. What were you up to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and and I always felt like that was one of those like Columbo kind of tactics where they're just he's just trying to put people off guard and uh hoping somebody slips up because they don't know what he's thinking kind of thing. And I just I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, he did have a habit of putting the two blokes <laughs> in the room together at the same time and watching them squabble for a little bit and then just being like, Right, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> Right, right. And it was funny because it's everybody's like, well, I'll just go along with you. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, he's just like, sure, come with me. And that's fine. <laughs> Everybody wants to be involved, you know, even if they didn't kill the person, they're just like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was one of those things where they just, uh, they kept you kind of on your toes, not knowing who, who did this. You know, everybody, it's one of those movies where everybody has a motive for one reason or another. Um, and for the longest time, I thought it was the aunt. Uh, I, I just, you know, obviously she wanted the, uh, um, Shelby character, um, you know, and, uh, it just, it just clicked to me that she was probably the one that killed her. Um, which is, you know, because it's like, that's even worse to be killed by, you know, one of your family members than, you know, somebody else for some reason. But, uh, 
yeah, I just thought that was that was going to be it. But boy, when you hit that midpoint with that twist, I was just like, that totally reinvigorated me in this movie. I was just like, what? Holy crap! What? <laughs> She's got a twin sister. <laughs> yeah, I thought they, they were going down that brutal freaking way. Yeah, I thought they were going down that road for a while. Is this going to be a sister? If this is a sister thing, I'm turning it off. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i was like this if man but they it was good i thought they, they did a great job with that and it was it was really like a one of those oh shit moments and i was i was really happy it wasn't some weird thing like oh it's a twin sister or whatever but um yeah it, it all kind of made sense and man did they make it make me think that it was her for a minute <laughs> i'm just like and i didn't i didn't pick up on it right away you know he starts interrogating her and I'm I'm like, why is he acting that way? And and then and then she's like, Oh, you think I did it or whatever? And I'm like, Oh, oh crap, you think she did it? <laughs> so I was a little behind. <laughs> I was a little behind on this one. And and I think they did it in such a way where it's like that twist hit me to where it caught me so off guard that I didn't even catch that he was like suspecting her there for a minute. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it, it, it made sense because I was thinking, oh, this isn't – how has he not known that she's alive? Seriously. But actually, okay, I can kind of understand in the 40s how he thought she was dead and didn't realize that she was alive. Well, wh- wh- which one? Who are, you, who are you talking about? Laura. Who? No, I mean, who? who are you saying didn't realize that she was alive? Oh, the detective, when he was like, because it, I thought this is going to be really implausible that she's suddenly back. She's got to be a ghost or something, or it's got to be a weird sister thing. But when she was explaining, it was the right kind of, like, it's the right kind of mysterious, like, oh, I could still have done something weird. But the right kind of, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and, and I also think it's it has to do with the the compressed time period. Like, it was only over the course of three days. Um, you know, so it made total sense that she went away for the weekend to clear her head or whatever and decide whether she was going to marry, um, you know, Vincent Price or not. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, came back and was like, oh, wow, I'm dead. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) Um, you know, so it, it, the twist worked really well. Um, and I'm glad they played that straight. I thought that was pretty, pretty good and out of left field and, um, and I guess, I guess foreshadowing wise, the whole movie up until that point, I was wondering, wow, how brutal they killed her with a shotgun to the face twice. Yeah, I love you know, shot her twice in the face. Lady as well. Yeah. I just, I thought that was so brutal. And, and then it makes sense because they couldn't identify the person quick enough to know that she wasn't dead. Um, so I thought that worked out pretty well. That was a, a great little twist there. So, hey, Carly, why don't we take a break and listen to an ad from one of our sponsors? You're listening to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, the show that brings you bench drinking with a side of noir with your hosts, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. And then, you know, even from there, they keep they keep you guessing who uh, who the killer is and, and they keep developing motives. And, um, you know, even with the aunt, she has a great little monologue uh, during this weird party <laughs> that's set up. Um, yeah, I thought that was the strangest thing. 
you have the uh, the Lidecker calling everybody to come over after they discover that she's still alive. And then the cops like, yeah, I already called everybody. <laughs> and they, they throw like a, you're still alive party. <laughs> Woohoo, not dead. It's that right. party where he casually like announces the killer on the phone. He just takes a phone call. It's like, oh, I know who the killer is. There is. Yeah, it's one of these guys. And then he puts <laughs> the phone down right. and turns around and they're all looking at him. And he just like walk, smokes a cigarette as he walks through them all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Dude, That is that not a classic like Columbo kind of thing? You gather yeah. everybody up to the location, uh, you know, and then it's like, hey, the killer's in this room. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's so so many great things like that. It's just so funny because he's so he's so deadpan and so straightforward that it's like at some point you start to expect weird shit like that from him. You know, he's they they did a great job of not making him eccentric in like a over the top eccentric way. Um, he's he has very subtle eccentricity eccentric. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, they're subtle. <laughs> um, and I think that's what made his character work so well and be able to do pull off things like that and have it work out. You know, he arrests her, takes her to the police station, interrogates her and, you know, clears up his one last fact, which honestly was a little shaky to me. I mean, tells him that the radio is broken and then, Oh, right before I left, I told the repair guy to fix it. And I'm like, eh, eh, I don't know. Eh. That was a little silly, but, but it satisfied him, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I just said they did a great job with, uh, continuing the, uh, the suspense of, of who did it, you know? Um, and I, I wish there was a little, a little more foreshadowing a little earlier on the, the clock. Um, like I, I wish there was a scene, maybe there was, maybe I just missed it, but I, cause it seems a little weird that there wasn't a scene where he buys her the clock or gives her the clock or something like that. Um, and so I, I felt like there, that came a little out of the blue. Um, and I know that there's a scene where, um, you know, he, he's trying to collect the things that he'd given her or quote unquote, as he says, borrowed. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave them to her as a present but, that I now want back. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I love her so and, very uh, much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my things, my precious. I mean, he did shoot himself um, in the foot straight away, didn't he? By just sort of like being like, well, I need this and this now. Cause straight away, the police mm-hmm. officer is going to be like, vroom. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, I'll just take the vase with me. I'll, I'll send yeah. somebody for the clock. <laughs> I'll take it now. Don't worry. Don't bother yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I just I wish that the clock was something set up a little earlier and a little a little differently. Um, that would have that would have helped a lot too. I but I but then again maybe maybe it would have pushed too much to suspect him. I don't know. Yeah, might have but been I did obvious. like. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Um, I did like that. It was a hiding spot for the shotgun. I liked all that stuff. I thought that was pretty great. And he did have the forethought to bring additional shotgun shells. <laughs> I seriously about, thought he was going to pull that gun out. Yeah, I thought he was going to pull that gun out and then go in there and try to shoot her. And you're just going to get the click click, but then he cracks it open and he puts the shells and I'm like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> 
he was definitely prepared for this. <laughs> she was going down. She was going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was ballsy of her grabbing the gun and pushing it up, you know, not getting killed. She, she did a, a nice little defensive move there, um, which saved her life, you know? And you know what I loved? Like my favorite shot of this movie. <clears throat> Actually, there's two shots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, I, there's a, I don't know if you caught this, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, there's a shot of Vincent Price walking through the door at the cabin. Um, and he's silhouetted and he's got his, uh, like jacket over his shoulders. He's not like wearing it like normal. Mm. And he opens the door and he's silhouetted and it looks like Dracula coming through the doorway. And I thought that was amazing. I loved it. I didn't catch that. Uh, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was, I, it was the first, it, and it's the first thing that popped in my head was like, Oh, that looks like Dra- Dracula. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Um, and then at the end of the movie, um, uh, because there was so much talk of, um, her being shot in the face and, and all that kind of stuff at the very end, he, um, Lidecker shoots the shotgun at the cops or tries to and misses and it hits the face, the, the, the clock face and shatters it. And I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I thought that that was, that was a pretty neat little, little shot there at the end. Um, you know, another thing that I was surprised about on this movie was when I was going through and, and looking at the history of it and how many Academy Awards it was nominated for, I was um, I was super happy that it was nominated for um, set dressing. They called it something else back there. I can't remember what it was. Uh, maybe in I, I can't remember what the, the the official title was, but it was basically set dressing. Because that was the first thing that I noticed in this movie when I first turned it on, is I thought that the set dressing was was way above standard for most noirs or even films of the time. Um, the places looked kind of lived in; they were very, very well decorated. There was more stuff on the walls than you would normally see. There were more things in the in the scene than you would normally see. Um, so I really enjoyed that, um, and I thought that was that was pretty well done in this particular movie. And so I was I was pretty happy that they were nominated for that i think they lost every every category they were nominated for but oh uh, really i believe so yeah but uh, you know even still yeah it 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 just it's a testament that you know the academy awards don't always get it right anyways you know there's plenty of plenty of films that that won best picture that probably probably you know shouldn't deserve it or there was a better film that year um you know, and I don't know how political it is. I'm sure it's extremely political and has to do with money and whatever, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make the film any, any less good in my opinion. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Oh no, hold on. It just. And deserve it. Did it oh, that's something? nominee. Oh, best art direction, interior decoration. That's what you run about. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, it says it won best cinematography. Oh, best cinematography. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not a bad a bad award to get either. But um, 
yeah, for, they they had a lot of nominations, and I thought that was great. And I'm I'm glad that it was nominated for set decorating. Um, I thought that was a standout thing. And the cinematography was okay. I didn't I didn't think it was amazing, but it was noticeable. Um, I think there was better you know, things for it to certain... win for, like the screenplay. The dialogue was very witty, and mm-hmm. I think stuff like that yeah, that probably warranted that. a bit more praise. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I Vincent Price, I thought he was great in this. Yeah, none of um, yeah, those. It would have been nice to see him nominated for something because uh, I thought his he it was he's so unassuming in this movie. It's just I thought it was great. But um, yeah, um, did you happen to? There's something you might be a little excited about here. Oh, um, well, before actually before we get into that, did you know that this was originally written um, to have a sequel? No. Yeah, is it I don't know Laura how it and that, but... the awesome police detective teaming up to be like a martial arts <laughs> fighting team? Because that would have been brilliant with his little games and her little kung fu in. No, you need to stop watching asylum films. I know <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> Although, I'll tell you what, Sharknado uh, doesn't look so stupid now, does it? In twenty twenty. Uh, no, it doesn't. Anyone, if a tornado, tornado <laughs> flew over your house with a shark, you'd be like, ah, it's just another day in 2020. Yeah, no, this is definitely the year for asylum. I'm telling you, man, they can make a murder hornets movie. They can do a fire tornado. Exactly. <laughs> fire nado. Fire nado with the oh, hornets boy. coming out. Yeah, there you go. No. <laughs> You're welcome, asylum. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it, it, I guess this started as a a play, mm. and then it didn't get off the ground, and uh, it, there was a, a sequel written that was you know both of them were supposed to be shopped around to either for Broadway or something of the sort, and that never got picked up, and uh, eventually you know made into a film, and then. Um, later on, uh, there was, um, a remake of it in a, in a television show called the 20th century Fox hour, um, which I want to check out because Robert Stack is in it. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, but, uh, if you've ever watched, uh, unsolved, uh, mysteries. Oh, we watch that all the time. Oh, is he the host with the mustache? Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, I don't remember him having a mustache, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was the main host. There were several hosts for the show, but he was the main one that everybody usually remembers. Um, and uh, so I want to check that out because uh, that'll be interesting. Also interesting to see it in a in a, a shorter time frame of, you know, probably like an hour. It's an hour long show. So maybe it's, uh, you know, 45, 50 minutes, something like that. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. <clears throat> also. Which you might like uh, is that they did a sort of homage episode on Magnum PI. Oh, I like Tom uh, Selleck. Called... <laughs> yeah, he has um, a mustache oh, as well, mustache. a groovy one. <laughs> I knew it was going to come out. <laughs> so they did an episode on Magnum PI called Skin Deep, um, and Ian McShane. 
uh, is the guest star and, and he plays Lidecker. Ian, whatever. Sorry. Ian. My bad. Ian. 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 I'm bad with that. <laughs> so uh, he plays. Oh, which I love him. Joy. I think he's great. <laughs> um, so he plays Lidecker, which I think is, is probably. Or, it's a Lidecker type. It's not the same characters, but because it's just an homage. But um, I think it would be great to see him play the Lidecker type character. Uh, I thought that would be pretty fun. So I'm going to check that out. I'm not a huge yeah. Magnum PI fan. I think it gets pretty silly at times. Kind of like when I was a kid, I used to watch Knight Rider all the time. But then when I went back and watched it, it's really bad. <laughs> What's bad about Knight Rider? Well, I guess. It's not really that the, any of the individual episodes are bad. It's just those shows were so horrible with continuity. It, it's just it's just weird. Well, they did have a crime fight in car. It's very hard to keep up with Yeah, I mean. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I have higher standards. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I, I can tell. I can tell. Sharknado fan. <laughs> Mine are on the floor. <laughs> Barely above ground level. <laughs> yeah, so those are two cool things to, to check out um, if you're interested in Laura. Um, I don't know that a sequel ever, you know, made it to any sort of production. Um but apparently there is a script or a play that was written or at least developed. Um, and I personally think that would be interesting. And as successful as this movie was, and for all of the um, awards that it was nominated for, uh, it seems like that would have been an obvious thing to do is make a sequel. Yeah. I don't know how that would have worked, but I, Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, and the funny, the interesting thing is, is that the sequel is actually just called Laura. The original, like this story was originally titled Ring Twice for Laura, I believe. Um, and then the sequel was just to be titled Laura. Oh. Um, but there's no information that I was able to find on what the sequel was about or any of that. And it, it might just take some further research, but uh I would definitely be interested in checking that out because I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I think this was a great first episode to open up our our season two here, um, and I hope uh, I hope people check this out. Um, I think it was a, a pretty solid, pretty solid film, and um, it, it did give me a lot of um, throwbacks to uh, Green for Danger and and how they tried to make you suspect everybody as the killer and gave everybody solid motives. I mean, it wasn't there. Were, these weren't cheap, cheesy, flimsy motives. Everybody had like a real solid motive to do this. And then to find out that, you know, she wasn't killed and God damn it. I, I realize I'm constantly giving spoilers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's such a spoiler. If somebody hasn't seen this movie and they're going to go and they wanted to go watch it, I've just ruined the movie for them. You know, or at least I did about 40 minutes ago when I first said it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but, we should uh, have a sound yeah, effect for spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did that last season and I guess that worked okay, but <laughs> I don't know Maybe what people are supposed to do. Like, Fast yeah. forward or turn it off. 
No, maybe if it's like jazz piano at the beginning, that means spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. If there's no jazz oh, piano, okay. <laughs> then there's probably still a spoiler alert that we don't know about. <laughs> um, I, but I don't know what they're supposed to do. Like, where if, if they hear the sound effect, like if I, if I say something like, like, hey, she's not dead, and I ruined the movie. <laughs> Uh, are they supposed to like fast forward when they hear the sound effect? Are they supposed to turn it off and not listen to our show? I don't want that. I mean, you're the technical way. <laughs> I'd rather ruin the movie for you than have you turn off our show. <laughs> I mean, you're the technical whiz. <laughs> it's really up to yeah. you to decide. <laughs> I'll just cut out that section and put it at the end of the podcast. And they'll just be like, what, what are they talking about now? Because it'll just like go right over it into another section and – yeah, no, I don't know what to do. Confusion but, is uh, what you're going to do. I like it. Yeah, I, I think that just because the sheer fact that these films are almost 100 years old now, um, I think that we can't be held accountable for spoilers. <laughs> Jason can't because Jason spoils it. I let him spoil it first and then I say it because then you've said it first. I noticed that. I noticed that. You're just like I nearly oh, said it before. Him. I didn't I didn't know whether I was supposed to say, "Oh, yeah, that she's dead." So I just let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to not talk about this movie. It's one of those you know what I mean? Because it, it's not like near the end, really. No, it's like halfway through, so it's quite it's, it's earlier than that, isn't it? It's quite it's really not that long yeah, into it that you think she's dead. Yeah, it's like a 88-minute film. And I think it's probably around the forty-minute mark. Because they go maybe straight slightly into later. It. There's, there's no messing about. Yeah. Straight into here's this dead woman. Here's her flashbacks. So yeah. yeah, it might even be sooner than that. You know. Um. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm doing something wrong here by letting everybody know that. But, but it definitely uh, had an impact on me when I was watching it when that came up. And if I had known that, I think I would have liked this movie less. Um, so maybe I did ruin it for everybody and I'm sorry. My apologies. Well done, Morris. It's like, it's like telling everybody the end of the sixth sense. Well, like my mum happily does to everybody. So don't worry about (laughs) it. She's wandering around ruining a 20 year old film for the next 20 years. So. (laughs) He was dead. Oh, what? The best bit is, is whenever someone says the title, the sixth sense straight away with, you don't even blink before she's like, Oh, that bloody rubbish film with Bruce Willis where he's dead. Done. <laughs> Rude. Just, just, just done. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, anyway, I spoiled it, and I'm sorry. Um, I guess it's time to uh, rate this movie. Yeah. Yes. What it should have been. Okay. Let's see. What it should have been. Well, I wrote one, and then I rethought it, and I don't know whether to go with oh. the first one or after sort of settling so you write you you write out like your thoughts on the uh on your rating like i don't do that that's interesting that's good though you should keep doing that we can we can put a book together <laughs> joe joe madry suggested that we do that that we do a a book um i think based on the maybe based on the podcast i can't remember exactly oh my said, god i don't think anybody wants more. no i don't think anybody wants to see my rambling one example of one of my notes jason is mm-hmm. a piece of dialogue which is Laura dear, I cannot stand these morons any longer. And I've written next to it, Jason making me leave a place that he doesn't like when we're famous with a smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so funny you brought that up because that line was hilarious to me. I loved it. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it's just, just the way she started a conversation and he's just like, oh, I can't be dealing with these morons. We must leave. <laughs> It was so good. Um, Yeah, I don't know who wants that in book from, but. (laughs) That's great. Well, at least I can't mispronunciate anything in a book. Very true. (laughs) All right, you're up. Uh Tell us us what you got. So I, I originally put a seven out of ten. I hate you. But, but. I think, actually, definitely it should have gone up to an 8. But I think maybe, being fair, it should be a 9 out of 10. I agree with that. Because I was only a little bit upset that the, um, I wanted to, well, you know, I'm like for brooding men. I wanted to see more of the detective sort of like crying into his whiskey glass because mm. he was secretly in love with this woman who was dead and never going to come back. I, I didn't really like, right. it's nice that she came back, but... I quite was waiting for that sort of tragic, murderous drama sort of edge, but it didn't make it bad. So. She, she was, she was a bit of a, a you know a player though. So I, I imagine that could have been a great basis for a sequel. Mm. You know, because she she was you know kind of sleeping around. She was a little bit with everybody. <laughs> And so had she got, well, she did get with the detective. She did have her fingers in a lot of pies, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Way to put it. Uh, it. You know, so if a sequel did happen and those two were together and he ends up killing her, <laughs> that would have been a great sequel, I think. Yeah. Or he has to actually investigate her real murder and he spends half the film waiting for it to pop up again, back from a jolly from Scotland. She never does. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or until the end. She gets killed again for reals. Yeah, for real. Or maybe he solves it and it turns out that he was the killer. Oh, I'm on fire. Nice. Plot twist. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So before I couldn't couldn't picture there being a sequel, now I can picture there's several sequels. Yep. Did you have more to say there? No, I think 9 out of 10 is fair for the film as a whole. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, 9 out of 10. I think 7 was a little low. I I give it a 9 as well. I I think this movie is is really great. I I enjoyed everything about it. Um, There's just a few few small little flaws, you know. Um, I I wish that they had had delved in a little bit more, like you said, the uh, crying into his whiskey whiskey glass kind of thing, like showing a little bit more of him falling in love with her. You know, there really was only one scene where you kind of got that other than Lidecker, uh, you know, constantly saying it, right? Which you think he's just pushing buttons. Um, And I didn't believe, I thought that was just silly. I'm like, what? When it first came up and then they show him, you know, getting drunk and falling asleep in front of the portrait or whatever. And then she shows up. Um, that was really the only moment with that was like, Oh, that wasn't just a, <laughs> a pushing buttons thing. He actually is. And I just didn't catch it or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I thought that they could have handled that a little bit better. Um, but you know, the movie had its issues with production. They had a studio head that didn't want, um, this director directing it. They were enemies. Um, there's a lot of interference. Um, even, even the, something we didn't talk about was there was a, uh, he was forced to shoot a, a different ending to the movie 
Um, but it tested really? poorly. Yeah, it tested poorly. So uh, the studio head, um, Zanuck, uh, uh, conceded and let him put his, his ending in. Um, yeah, there was a lot of interference on this movie. But I wonder what the other ending was. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, yes, I do know. Um, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Stop lying to us, Morris. You're not Facebook. Stop it. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It, they he wanted to have Lidecker dreaming the whole thing. <laughs> oh no, that would have been rubbish. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> but yeah, so so that was the ending. Um, which maybe for the time that would have been interesting. I don't know. Nowadays, if you had watched it, it would have been horrible. Uh, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. And I'm wondering, I know there's, there's, there have been a couple releases of this film on Blu-ray or DVD. I wonder if that ending showed up as like a bonus feature because it'd be interesting just to see it. Um, I know a lot of these older films, stuff like that, it's not around anymore, but that would be cool to find out. But, um, yeah, certain things like that, I think, um, didn't help it. I, I would have liked to have, again, seen a bit of foreshadowing on the clock a little bit more because it, it felt like it came a little bit out of the blue. Um, but other than that, I, I thought they did a great job of the mystery portion of it and the, the sort of midpoint twist, um, keeping you on your toes, not knowing who killed her, even after she's no longer dead and then finding out it was somebody else's, but it just, they did a great job just keeping the suspects alive. Um, so I, I also give it a nine out of 10. I thought it was a great film. I enjoyed this. I would, I would watch this again and I'm going to see if I can find at least the plot or something of what the sequel would have been. Um, cause I think that they, they should have done that maybe. Um, and I'm going to look. Uh, I'm going to look up the Magnum PI episode and the uh, Fox Hour episode. See how see how those pan out. I might have to make a little uh, gap in my diagnosis murder schedule to watch this Magnum PI one. <laughs> well, it'll only take an hour of your time. So I know, but diagnosis murder is an hour of your time. I mean, I'm going to have to. It's likely. How many times have you been through the entire show of Diagnosis Murder? Um, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure CBS Justice just keep it on for me. <laughs> it's just me every morning sat there watching my double bill. Right. And then I watch it again on Sunday. <laughs> it's repeated all together. That's funny. Uh, uh, Shawnee, uh, my wife, has been watching uh, Grey's Anatomy. I liked it to begin with. I just don't like that Patrick Dempsey. She's got to the point where um, the Mark Sloan character comes oh. in, which is an homage to Dick Van Dyke's character. I just thought that was kind of funny. Because nobody remembers Diagnosis Murder, which is sad. You know, it ran for eight freaking seasons. I know. And when you type in Mark Sloan. Yeah, he comes up. It's only ever that that comes up. Right. I mean, how does the show run for eight seasons? It wasn't even that long ago. I mean, you know, compared to a lot of shows that people still remember, you know, had, I don't know how many TV movies and then the Murder 101 spinoffs. And I mean, it's it's really quite fascinating that people don't remember the freaking show. 
I think they do. Yeah. They just don't know what it's called. As soon as you describe it a little it bit could more, be. Yeah. they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember watching that when I was drunk eating pizza." There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like nobody wanted to watch it, but it was on. <laughs> I, guess, yeah, I don't know. Everybody, nobody wanted to watch it, but yeah, everybody has. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really the magic weird. of Dick Van Dyke. That's the magic of the Van Dykes yeah, right there. It's a that show is an enigma. I love it. I think it's great, and I, I wasn't a huge fan until we did our. You know, little wa- watch the entire you know show again, uh, but uh, it made me a big fan of it, and I always liked uh, Charlie Schlatter. Um, but uh, it's yeah, I guess maybe I I, I don't like Scott Bayo, so I wasn't disappointed that he left. Yeah, I don't really watch the first series or two, to be fair. Mm. But uh, it's a good show. It's fun. Um, oh, and I know this is way off topic, but since we're talking about diagnosis murder, did you know that you remember the episode with the dirt bikes? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So the episode of the dirt bikes, somebody gets killed doing some crazy jump on a dirt bike. And then, uh, one of the characters is selling videos, uh, editing together, like, you know, the, these, dirt you mean, bike- you mean Barry Stone? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not in the show. It's not a son in the show. But uh, so he's editing these videos together and selling them. And he's got this uh, this shot of this person dying on the dirt bike or whatever. And there's like it's a, it's a special effect. They didn't have the budget to do it. And I found out later that Dick Van Dyke is a special effects enthusiast. And he did the special effects for that. I know. I had no idea. I know. And they paid him like I, I think it was like five grand or something like that or, you know, something. I don't know. Whatever it was. Maybe it was 500. I can't remember. But I thought that was amazing. I thought that was that was that was really cool because even for the time period, you know, what was that like earlier mid nineties? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty. You know, it was fun. I thought that was cool. He's a cool guy. But I guess you already knew that. I did. I sh- I realized he really is. I realized after I said I know that I should have pretended that I didn't know and gone, oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I was too far into. Yeah, it. you should have. I'm sorry. You should I was have too far fed into my it. ego with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right guys now you know more about diagnosis murder than you ever wanted to (laughs) and you know the spoiler of laura (laughs) and my schedule for the morning (laughs) right (laughs) uh we really hope you guys enjoyed our uh the speakeasy what is our show called (laughs) (laughs) speakeasy noir cast I thought you were pausing to do a sound effect. <laughs> no, but I can put one in now. <laughs> Maybe I should have did this one instead. Good <laughs> Lord, what was that? <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, we hope that you guys will still check out Laura, even though we've spoiled it for you, because it's a fantastic film, great acting, great set decoration, in my opinion. Um, and Vincent Price is in it, obviously. Uh, so check it out. Have some fun. Um, drink a Paralyzer, a wire watch. <laughs> and uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Uh, wait, next week? Do we do these weekly now? Is that is that what we have been doing? I can't remember. This is horrible. I don't know the name of our show. I don't know the format. I don't know how often we do it. <laughs> I can't pronunciate anything. <laughs> and I'm not even drunk. It's just early. <laughs> Jason without coughing. Yeah, no, I've had two cups and it's not working. (laughs) 
my coffee's defective. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyways, until next time. And Carly's got to do her signature bye-bye. <laughs> oh, have I got to do a fresh bye-bye? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I always just copied the first one you did. <laughs> I'll try. Maybe I'll try and think of like a really razzle-dazzle way to say. Oh, I know what I'll say. Tally ho, tatty buys. What? Toodaloo, toodapop. <laughs> I'm going to put them all in now. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.